Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Press Republicans Press Pass Podcast. I'm Editor-in-Chief Joe LaTemplio, and I'm with my trusty night editor, Ben Rowe, for yet another version of the Press Republicans Press Pass Podcast here in Plattsburgh, New York, in lovely Clinton County. Hello, Ben. Look at that. Consistency. Absolutely. <laughs> Episode 82, I believe. Yes, I believe so. Yep. And uh, we're coming off, um, last week's episode was uh, a prelude to the big game, the Super Bowl. Yes, uh, it was a busy weekend last weekend. It was. Uh, luckily, we had the Saranac Lake Winter Carnival Parade, which was packed. Yes. Uh, a beautiful day for it. Uh, sunny and mild temperatures. Jack LaDuke got us some great photos that we put in a nice A lot photo of people spread. turned out. And yeah, it was the streets were mobbed. Yes. People Hanging off the rafters of the water hole, as like in the old days, <laughs> it was yes. great. And the um, city of Plattsburgh's tannin boom too. Yes, tannin uh, boom too went off at the city beach <laughs> last Saturday. I unfortunately didn't make it there, but you did. Tell us about it. I did. Yes, um, as we reported last week um, on that Friday before, I went over to snag a photo, and it was kind of mucky there. Um, just due to the mm. fact that we had lost snow and that kind of melted for the week. But then luckily, through some, you know, gift of God, is that the um, temperature dropped that night and managed to freeze that. And by the time of Saturday afternoon, it was fine. You know, it was nice and packed down. And um, so it was not what I was fearing. Um, but I went and um, actually they lit the fire a little earlier than I thought. I thought they were going to light it close to the five. They lit close to four. So I kind of went... Um, well, that's well, the whole point. You want to see the fire. Yes, I know. <laughs> I had to talk with a couple of people. Like, what's the best time to um, to light it? But regardless, once I got there, it was still going. And um, it was, as you know, from Sea Beach, the sunsets are beautiful. Yes. To see the sunsets directly over the trees, looking um, toward the city. Um, and to have that along with the, like a beachside bonfire is a, a beautiful sight. You know, you that's worth the non-existent price of admission is that just seeing that sight of a, a nice smoke going to the distance the amber sunset behind it it's it's very good um and again um i was glad to see as we wrote an editorial this week that they seem to have taken a lot of advice from people to heart yes is, uh, um one of the biggest things is that they condensed everything a little closer they had the sledding hill near the bonfire, which was near the food truck, which was near the beer tent, which was everything was much closer together. The last year, the sledding hill was way across the field, and you kind of had to wander over there, and then you couldn't hear the music from the um, the radio station playing. You couldn't really get that close to the fire. It was kind of all spread out a little too wide. Whereas this year, everything was nice and condensed. You could sip your hot chocolate, sitting by the sledding hill, looking at the fire. It was great. Yes, um, it was nice to see that they did make some changes. And, and I imagine maybe they'll make some even some more if they continue it next year. Yes. Um, and once again, outdoor events, you're dependent on Mother Nature, which can be tricky. Yes. Um, they And as we noted uh, last week, that the original date had to be postponed. Yes, um, February fourth when it was thirty five below. Yes. Um, so hopefully this tradition can well hopefully can become a tradition and continue uh, in yes. the next few years. And you know the thing about stuff like this, um, 
is that stuff like little festivals and that kind of thing is that you don't even necessarily need a lot to do, you know. Um, you just kind of need a reason for people to get outside and hang out a little bit, you know. Well, and, and it kind of piggybacks on the the city's plan from last summer uh, initiative, Parks, Parks Come Alive. Yes. Um, same thing. Have an event in the park. And the great thing about all these things, it's free. Yes. You can bring your family and go. Bring and your kids. L- listen to some music um, in the summer, play on the playground, whatever. Have some food. Have some food and mm-hmm. socialize. And it's a nice, enjoyable time. Same thing for the winter. Um, and yes. So, yeah, and, I was glad to see that. And the turnout was um, was really good. Um, is that Again, I wasn't sure with the kind of inconsistent will it, won't it weather if people are going to turn out. But as you said, it was a beautiful day. I think people are like, let's do it and head it out. And so um, it had a good turnout. So as we were saying a lot this week around the office, is, I think it's a good tradition. I hope they keep up with it. Um, absolutely. Uh, absolutely. And then um, the other event that I happened to pop by before that was the uh, the benefit um, for um, uh, Cali Neri, the Cali, um, yes. toddler that we mentioned last week, and um, which was held up in Redford at the, uh, the Immaculate Mary School. Um, which I'd never been before. It's a beautiful little place. Um, but, man, that was packed. <laughs> Assumption of Mary? Assumption of Mary, yes. yes. Okay. <laughs> One of those. <laughs> I didn't go In to Redford. Catholic school. <laughs> yes. Um, but is that um, it was wonderful to see the big turnout and the big community support. You know, we talk a lot about it in the paper, which is, you know, awesome that we talk about how we live in a very generous community. But when you get a chance to actually see it in action, it's always nice. Yes, I did talk to some people that were planning to go there, and they were they were excited and looking forward to it. And I think you mentioned when uh, you called me that day and said it was one of the biggest events like that that you'd ever seen. Yes, is that to walk into the gymnasium and just see it packed, you know, is that people filling the tables, you know, it was like shoulder room only. <laughs> and so it was, um, it was really impressive. And, um, they had, again, I was also, they had, um, at least 200 raffle bags that you could put your little tickets in and that kind of thing. So that was incredible. The support of all the businesses from all kinds of places was, it was just, um, so nice to see so many people lending their support to that. So yeah. And shout out to those who organized it and did all yes. the work to put it together. Um, that was a really nice community thing. Yes, absolutely. And again, is that, you know, um, as as we often like to say, um, and as, you know, um, officials like to say, is that we live in a very generous community. So it's nice to um, to see that in action. Uh, no question. That was good. Yep, busy weekend for sure. And as we said, it culminated with the big Super Bowl game on Sunday. Yes. And last week, Ben and I um, had a little fun with a few of these the prop bets, as yes. they're called. About things that don't have much to do with the score of the game. <laughs> um, and they're just fun little things to wager on. Now, we, we kept score. Yes. And I have it here. Although <laughs> although I don't know if we have the true answers. <laughs> we'll have to play it by ear. Interesting, interesting. But one of the first prop bets was, well, it was the score. It was called the Scorigami. Will there be a score that has never been in the Super Bowl before? Mm-hmm. Now, the score was 38-35. I honestly don't know if, that was, <laughs> if they ever had that score. Don't before. look to me. That sounds like it was a good game with that score, though. It was. Oh, it was a great game, right mm-hmm. to the last minute. Uh, we both said no, so I think we're wrong. 
<laughs> yeah, uh, yeah and, it seems like that's not no, that's not a remarkable score by any means. Yeah. No, but I don't recall any other game being. Like that. <laughs> I, I um, what that color was the Gatorade for the post game coach shower? You said green, I said blue. I don't know if they even did one. <laughs> <laughs> well, to be there honest, we go. <laughs> was there a non-existent one? Let me see if I can find it in my phone real quick. Keep yeah, going. maybe. Um, the, the coin toss. We both said tails. I think we were both right on that. Hey. Um, would a kick hit the post? You said yes. I said no. You were right. Hey. The first field goal attempt of the game, if I'm not mistaken, hit the upright. That's cool. Amazing. Um, would somebody throw a live octopus onto the field? Come on. You said yes. Yes. <laughs> that did not happen. <laughs> I was correct. Um, in the speech of the most valuable player, who would they thank first? Well, Patrick Mahomes was the most valuable player. You said his mom. I said his teammates. I think you, he talked mentioned his teammates. Come on, Patrick. Sorry. Would there be a <laughs> proposal? Would somebody propose to their... Fiance after the game. Come on. You said yes. I said no. I don't recall. <laughs> um, okay. Which snack commercial would go first? M&M's Ooh. or Doritos? I don't know. Did you watch that one? <laughs> I don't know. As I, a matter of fact, now that I think of it, I don't recall seeing commercials for either of those. No, I definitely remember seeing the um, M&M's commercial. Yeah? I don't remember the Doritos commercial that much. It must not have been a very exciting one. Okay. <laughs> um, which beer commercial would be first, Budweiser or Heineken? I think it's got to be Budweiser. Yes. Um, we'll give ourselves that one. You got you won that <laughs> one. And who would win the game? We both picked Kansas City. We both got it right. Hey. Also, I have an answer for the Gatorade. Oh, yes? Yes. And I'm surprised. It was purple. Purple. Who does purple Gatorade? Nobody likes purple Gatorade. Uh, I actually, I, I do. Ooh. <laughs> it's great. <laughs> it doesn't, and in fact, the photo, it doesn't look that good. It doesn't look as exciting as a splash of green no. Gatorade. It looks kind you of said dull. green, I said blue. Yes. Purple's closer to blue, so I win. Boo on purple Gatorade shower. <laughs> I don't like that. Well, <laughs> Gotta be a classic color. No, the one I don't like is orange. Yes, yes. No. Um, actually, is this the website? They had the over-under on it. Um, let me see. Um, is that, I think it was this one. Um, yes, they have all the stats here. Um, odds to win. Okay. Uh, so the biggest bet is um, no Gatorade bath. <laughs> um, so if he took that chance. Um then purple was the next least likely. The most popular is orange, then yellow green, then clear or water, <laughs> then blue down below that, then red and pink, and again purple. So it was a pretty if people bet purple out of the top of their heads, well, they might have won pretty well. So yeah, good for them, I guess. <laughs> Versus, oh, we're not gonna do a Gatorade bath this week. See, no, this week. I don't like those kind of bets <laughs> because you could scout that out. What, to see what Gatorade the team bought? Yes! <laughs> yes. See a truck of purple Gatorade being... It's not shipped. random. Yes. 
I do appreciate, though, that there are legitimately people out there who put real money onto what Gatorade is going yeah, to absolutely. be dumped on the Super Bowl. But, yeah. but no, um, from like I said, um, well, I'll be completely honest. I wanted to watch the game, but I'm a millennial, so I don't have any cable television or broadcast television. So I tried to go on Peacock. And I'm like, where's the Super Bowl? And I googled, oh, NBC doesn't have the Super Bowl this year. No, Fox has the Super Fox. Bowl. Yes. And then I go on Hulu. Okay, I'll go on Hulu. Oh, sorry, you have to have a Hulu Plus to watch the Super Bowl. I'm like, you know what? Yeah. <laughs> Forget it. That's unfortunate. <laughs> um, you could have came here and watched it. Yes, that's true. <laughs> we should have had this, yeah, office Super Bowl party. <laughs> <laughs> Next year, for sure. But yes, but like I said, from what I've heard, you know, what was it? Brother versus brother? Yeah, two brothers, game? Travis, Kelsey, and... Um, um, the it, other brother. Yeah, Tra- <laughs> Travis and Jason. I think it's Jason. Kelsey, yeah. <laughs> and yeah, so from like I said, from what I heard, it was a solid um, Super Bowl, so... Yep, it was a good time. Um, I didn't win any money on my squares either. <laughs> no. Um, yeah, shout out to um, Circulation Manager and fellow staffer Scott Brissett for his... His big victory. He may have won something. <laughs> <laughs> oh, speaking of which, I also I did win from the raffle from um, Cali's benefit last week. Oh, last yeah. So right. I was a little lucky. Good. <laughs> is good, the, good. Yes, good. I won a uh, Cocoa Bob um, maker. Nice. Which made me think of you talking about your wife getting, looking into the uh, bath bomb business. Yes. Is I think it's kind of the same thing, is that you just make these like cylinders, these little things, and then you put all the good stuff in them, and then you... Use them, so I'm like, oh, that's kind of fun. Yeah, yeah. So I'm looking forward to that. And it looks like we're going to have a little bit more cold weather to enjoy my cocoa. And (laughs) yep, the winter's not over yet, Um, and we got some some more snow on the way. I believe today was very icy day in the country. Yes, which was kind of a gut punch after like the last two days where it was like in the 40s and very mild. Yes, yes. (laughs) Um, but anyways, well, it's still winter. Um, so now to the business at hand. Every once in a while, we go through our old look back feature, where we, we take stories from the Press Republican back as far as a hundred years ago. Yes, and uh, kind of examine uh, what life was like back then and how the news was reported. What do you like about look back, Joe? I like the the way the stories were written in a very. <laughs> Very old days. folksy, not newsletterish type, <laughs> kind of, um, and a very folksy and um, mismanners kind of way. Yes. <laughs> well, so I will say yes. Is that one of my favorite things on that note? Is how you know? I remember we had a conversation one time with a journalist around here who talked about how back in the day, newspapers used to cheerlead their com- communities a little bit more. As that they would be like, we're the best, and you know, and that look at this amazing thing being built in the community. And the fact that back in the day, people would be like, okay, they're building a hotel in Plattsburgh. It is the best hotel in the entire Northeast. There has never been a hotel. Literally, they'll say, like, this is a tremendous accomplishment. You will have to see this. You will never see it's like, man, we got to bring that back. <laughs> or or they'll, have a, they'll be an event and there was much dancing and rejoicing. Yes. And everybody left with a smile on their face. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. It's like, as you were saying, so folksy back then. Yes. 
So, um, so yes, yeah, so why don't we actually start back in those days, back in the hinder days of 1922, 1923. We can talk about how, let me see, um, in Moonshine is reported mm. to be because of one soldier being brought to the post hospital last evening and his assailant, a fellow soldier, being confined to the guardhouse under a serious charge. The first that was known downtown of the attack was when the police were called by the military authorities to make a search on some of the alleged moonshine palaces in the vicinity of the post. Chief Senecal, accompanied by officers Martinson, Frederick, Sweeney, and McCooey, went to the post in the patrol wagon and were given the reason for the call, it being stated that two men from the barracks had been drinking liquor evidently of the homebrew variety. <laughs> they became involved in an altercation and vicinity of the hospital, and as a result, one of the men received several wounds in the back. He was taken to the post-hospital, and it's understood that he will recover. <laughs> <laughs> well, you drink that moonshine hooch, and bad things will happen. Yes. <laughs> Some liquor, evidently of the homebrew variety. <laughs> <laughs> well, evidently. Since yes. it was during Prohibition, and it wasn't allowed. Yes. But yeah, those those stories, they crack me up. Yes, the fact that they they did literal like car chases over some bottles of liquor in the back of a car. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> serious business. Yes. And, yeah, I remember one where they said that officers, like, shot at the car. And I'm like, what kind of, like, you know, um, you know Al Capone stuff is this? Elliot Ness. Here in Plattsburgh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. Oh, there's a, a long history of moonshine uh, bootlegging in the North Country. Uh, yes. There's a book about it, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, they talked about how the the smugglers would uh, get these big white cars and paint them all white, and the tires white and everything white, and they would drive down, right straight down the middle of frozen Lake Champlain, mm-hmm. and hopefully the car would blend in. Oh, yeah. The snow, so the authorities couldn't see them. No, and I bet, yeah, if you look out on a fairly snowy day out in the middle, you could spot a white car on the middle of the lake. So, Probably yeah. not. With white tires? No. Yes. Because, <laughs> uh, of course, booze was legal in Canada. So they'd go up and get it and bring it here. Yes. No, and it's that they they check the cars, they check the trains as they're coming through. Is that No, it's, it's pretty crazy to think that, that was part of the history up here. Oh, yeah. Um, but let me see. But then... Um, Recently, we had a little holiday, Groundhog Day, where evidently, I believe it was predicted that we were going to get a little more winter, which is, you know, it is what it is. But then we have this story from back in the day. The black bear, which was captured by Henry G. Ricketson near Blackbrook last year, cannot be relied upon as a weather prophet, for he completely failed yesterday to follow the custom of his breed in coming out of his den after his long winter's nap and testing the truth of the old adage in regard to a bear seeing his shadow, or not seeing it, on Candlemas Day, the first Friday in February. A man who is tending to the Foquet House property during the absence of Mr. Ricketson reported that the bear had failed to appear. A man working in the automobile supply store next door was also interested in knowing whether the furry little chap would appear. He kicked on the bell den of the bear lustily, but the little Bruin would not come forth. If he had appeared, he would have seen his shadow and would have turned back for six more weeks of sleep as an indication of cold weather for that length of time. So for a while, Blackbrook, we had our own little 
bear. <laughs> so would that have been before Groundhog Day was established? That's a good question. It also raises the point that I didn't know that bears were also able to predict the weather. I don't think they are. <laughs> um, I think that's a bunch of hooey. Um, the, yeah, the bears, um, first of all, I wouldn't be go kicking on a bear's den <laughs> while they're hibernating. I make them angry. Yes. Um, and um, it cracks me up the way they, they write those things. Um what was that one part he said? He kicked on the bell den of the bear lustily, but the little bruin would not come forth. No, before that. Um, he, the man wanted to know whether the furry little chap would appear. <laughs> no, what was the other part? Um, <laughs> uh, Candlemas Day um, cannot be relied upon as a weather prophet, for he completely failed yesterday to follow the customer's breed. Lots of flowery language on there. Yeah, and, and this is where? Blackbrook? Yes. <laughs> and that somebody just captured the black bear and, you know, brought it home as a little pet. <laughs> um, but let's hop in the time machine and go ahead a little bit to uh, 1948. I wasn't able to find quite as many um, clever little ones at this time, but I did find... Oh, yes, this one. In an effort to curb the rising divorce rate, James A. Fitzpatrick... Clinton County Assemblyman, this week introduced in the state legislature a bill amending the decedent estate law to deny a distributive share of a deceased husband or wife's estate to either spouse against whom a final decree of judgment of separation has been rendered. And that's in the same time, along with Mrs. Marjorie Elaine Carpenter, 26, of Port Henry, mother of two, was ordered confined to the Essex County Jail in Elizabethtown pending examination on a charge of bigamy. And those both came in the last week. Back in 1948, marriage was a was a big thing. <laughs> I mean, nowadays, I don't know how... We don't get the many reports of people being thrown in Clinton County Jail for bigamy. Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> um, that was uh, definitely a different time. <laughs> yes. And it's it's interesting just to read. Is the They're pretty common that you find um, the police searching for... Husbands who left town and left behind a poor mother with three kids and you have wives doing stuff like this. And it's crazy to think of how, of a not even that far of a generation ago, thoughts on divorce and marriage were, you know, totally different than what we would think of them nowadays. So. Well, yeah, I mean, and this was um, uh, post-World War II, mm-hmm. right, 1948. Um, the nation was recovering yeah and going mm-hmm. through some changes and you had the whole generation coming back from overseas mm-hmm. in, a, in a major war so there i'm sure there were some adjustments that needed to be made yes um but as far as bigamy uh, a lot of things could have happened <laughs> yes of that. and um and again I, I heck i even had to double check and google to see what bigamy was um Yes, good point. We should explain it. <laughs> yes, is that bigamy is um, basically marrying somebody else when you're already you're married. married. Yes, <laughs> and um, so well, yes. Some people would say, "Why would you want to do that?" <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Which I'm sure is still not allowed today, but um, I don't think they are quite as quick to you know throw you in the slammer for it. Well, um. that's the whole thing. I mean, mar- marriage nowadays, as we know, it's a contract. Yes. Between two people to enter into 
a relationship. And yes. It's, it's uh, governed by that contract. Mm-hmm. Um, there's all kinds of marriages, as we know, nowadays. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, back then, I hate to say this, but wives were considered property. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, thank goodness we've come a long way since then. Yes, and that's the other takeaway from this, is that it seems like a couple of the laws and the discussion around it were much more about keeping the wife with the husband rather than necessarily supporting a good relationship, you know, giving the wife um, fewer options to get out of um, a marriage and that kind of thing. Um, oh, yeah. Well, divorce rates, um, uh, they were pretty low until about the 60s, 70s. Mm-hmm. And then, and since then... Now, is it, is it still around 50%? Um, I think it might even be a little higher than that, honestly. But um, um, It's all because of rock and roll music. Yes. As my grandfather used to yes. say. Yes. <laughs> Karen, the family's part of that rock and roll. Yes. <laughs> but yes, and then let's see. Hop in the time machine one more time. Pop up to a bit more modern era, 1973. Yes. And we have uh, State Senator Ron Stafford. Yes. Yes, that he will make sure the rights of the Adirondack Park residents are protected under any private land use plan. As I've read from my journeys in the 70s, people did not like the Adirondack um, Park Agency plan that much back when it was no, first done. No, there were, so. a lot of them, people were dead set against it. I mean, think about it. It really, what is it? It's a huge zoning code. Yes. <laughs> Nobody likes zoning. <laughs> Nobody likes to be told what they can and can't do with their own property. Yes. And this was the, shall we say, the mother of all zoning. This yes. huge park right in the whole north country of the state. And they're going to foist these land use rules on 133,000 people live in the park. Yes. And they had something to say about it. <laughs> they did. And Stafford was known as the king of the Adirondacks. Um, was going to stick up for him. Yes, well, yes. We know what happened, unfortunately. Well, as some people say, fortunately. <laughs> yes, and I mean, you know, obviously I grew up, you know, pretty well after all this um, kind of debate had died down a bit. But to think of it in terms of politics now, yeah, to propose such a sweeping change as this was and think that they could get through is <laughs> incredible. <blue> line. <laughs> yes. Literally taking a marker and drawing this, carving out this big section. <laughs> yeah. And yes. And um, so, yeah, it's, um, again, reading a look back, if people keep up with it, it's fascinating to see um, all the, yeah, the big protests and the back and forth about it. Um, it's definitely not, um, you know, it wasn't easy. <laughs> no. And it's funny because a lot of these issues that go way back, um, you know, every now and then we see them pop up again, uh, maybe in a little different form, um, but the general uh, issue, the idea is uh, a lot of the same in a lot of these. The more things change, the more exactly. they stay the same. Life is life. <laughs> well, it's like, you know, um, with the recent um, gun legislation, is that I remember um, the night that our um, State House reporter, Joe Mahoney, wrote about the passage of the, um, the very fast passage of the gun legislation, um, and how it would drastically affect the Adirondacks, <laughs> and how um, you know people are like, "What do you mean that you're doing something for the whole sweeping Adirondack Park?" And the night that I saw that, when he emailed that to me to get it in the paper, I called him and I said, 
let me double check this. You're saying that this applies for the entire Adirondack Park? And he's like, yeah. And I'm like, whoa, that's extreme. Oh, yeah, it was a big <laughs> deal. I mean, people thought we can't go hunting. Yes. Um, you know, it was, uh, well, the argument was it wasn't well thought out and it was rushed into law, which you can make a good argument for that. Yes, and no, and I mean, you know, is that I guess I bring that because that seemed like the same feeling as this is that was such a sweeping thing, such a broad <laughs> thing. It's like there's more subtlety to this. Than... I, I was going to compare it to it be like putting a major uh, development in the middle of the Durkee Street parking lot. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> he went there, folks. <laughs> yes. Just kidding. <laughs> but yes, and no, that is one of the other things I like about Look Back is that actually that might be my favorite thing about writing Look Back is when you see something... 50, 75, 100 years ago that sounds exactly like it could have been written yesterday. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> um, you know, it's interesting because we go back to 1923, 100 years ago. My father was born in 1923. Mm-hmm. So, you know, at, he told me stories of what life was like since then, obviously growing up, which is kind of interesting to read about them. Mm-hmm. I was born in 1962, um, so when I see the 1973 items, mm-hmm. I remember a lot of that stuff. Yes. Um, you know, nationally, and lo- I, I didn't grow up here in the North Country, mm-hmm. so I don't remember those stories. But the remnants of a lot of those 1973 stories are still around here today. We're still feeling them. Yes, mm-hmm. and that we see a lot. And so it is really, it is kind of cool to uh, to think about that and uh, see how, uh, how it, it's all evolved. Yes, and you know, and my biggest, and I've written some editorials for us talking about that, is that I hope the takeaway that some people get from this is that stuff that happens now is going to affect stuff <laughs> a long time from now. And you know, history, as you said, is all connected. So um, you got to keep that stuff in mind when you're thinking about today. Is that a hundred years from now, people are going to be reading about well, <laughs> reading about us, <laughs> that they used to have this thing called a podcast. Yes, hundred <laughs> years ago. Yes. Oh, so boy. for the people of you know, um, thirty twenty three, you know, <laughs> listening to this in your hollow casts, you know, yes, it was weird back then. <laughs> um, but let me see, just a couple more from nineteen seventy three. Um, a new color television set has been set up in the large group instruction room at the Ticonderoga Elementary School. This set was purchased by the Ticonderoga Parent Teacher Organization, along with the antenna and installation. A school spokesman said the set has made it possible to use Sesame Street and the electric company for teaching in lower grades. Many children, it was noted, do not have access to the series in their homes due to reception difficulties. So back when Ticonderoga had their one color television set at the school for the kids to go and watch, it's like nowadays in the age of streaming. <laughs> I wonder where they got it. Montgomery Ward? <laughs> Something like that, yes. And But that's, you know, that just blows my mind that, you know, wow, color television. <laughs> that was right around the time, speaking of 1973, right around the time that I think we got our first color TV at our house growing up in the Rochester area. And Sesame Street and The Electric Company, those are public television shows. Mm-hmm. I remember them. Those two and Zoom. Zoom. There was a show called Zoom. <laughs> zoom, Zoom. I want to Zoom, Zoom, Zumba, Zoom. I want to Zoomba, Zoomba, Zoomba. You know, it's little kids, kids doing stuff. 
Yes. And now we know Zoom is something different today. <laughs> yeah, Zoom has much different connotations uh, now. But, but no, yeah, that's cool. the, we got our color TV right around then. And when you got, when you go from black and white TV to color TV, oh, it's a big deal. Yeah. It's a, it's a big deal. <laughs> Do you remember about the size of you the TV you used to have as a kid? Yeah, the, the black and white was small. It was probably 14, maybe 16 inches. Mm-hmm. The color TV was larger, probably mm-hmm. 24 inches maybe, mm-hmm. maybe a little bigger. But Although then also you had to have space on there for like the knobs and that kind of thing. And so the screen, as I, as my mom has told me, was a bit smaller than even that. Yes, so. it was a big box. <laughs> yes. Big boxy thing with a big tube-like thing sticking out the back. Yes. And it had the channel <laughs> changer and it had something, some other dial on it. That I have no idea what it's for. Kind of like the squelch style. Yes. And it had antennas. um, And a lot of them came in a big console. You had the TV. Oh, yes. On top of it, you had a a record player. Mm -hmm. And the big speakers on the side. A little And a liquor (laughs) cabinet. Yes. And the liquor cabinet. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. So, yeah. um, My mom also, she always tells me about the story of. I guess this would be more the 80s, um, the first um, VCRs that she remembers in her, in her neighborhood and how the house that had a VCR was like, oh, that's so cool. <laughs> we, can, yeah. we can watch tapes now of movies and stuff. <laughs> VCRs, they used, and before that, there was disc players. Disc players? huge discs. Oh, yes. They look like albums, and you slid them into the disc player machine. Yes. <laughs> uh, oh, yeah. That was that was probably late seventies, early eighties. Mm-hmm. And to think, oh wow, the Johnsons down the street—they have a disc player to watch movies on. <laughs> Mom, let me go down there. <laughs> I like the old VHS tapes. Oh yeah, it's easy. Just pop it in, you're good to go. Well, that's the the other story I'll tell about TV is the fact that um, I got, which I never get new TVs, but like a year or two ago, I got a um, decided to get a newer big screen TV. And um, set it up, and um, it's really cool. I like it. But I set it up, and you think, okay, you know, you plug it in, you turn it on, there's TV. No, nowadays, you set up your TV, you take it in the box, you put it on the table, you plug it in, then you have to set up an account. You have to give them your email address. You have to give them your phone number. You have to download the app to watch the channels. And I'm like, oh, my God, this is taking me like half an hour to set up my TV. Don't get me going on that. <laughs> oh, it's it's ridiculous. <laughs> yes. And is that there was a somebody wrote in the Senior Sentinel, our, our little um, senior insert recently, somebody wrote about the good old days where you just plug in the TV, adjust the rabbit ears, and there you go. Yeah, and you're good to go. Yes. Um, or we have cable, you just hook the cable thing on there. Yes. But when we got our latest TV, it was mm-hmm. 2019, big screen, when we wanted the wireless and all that, mm-hmm. we had to have the Geek Squad come and do it <laughs> from Best Buy, which is no longer here. I don't blame you for that. It's complicated. It, they were there for a couple hours. <laughs> I have no idea um, how they did it. And they had to drill a hole in the wall mm-hmm. to put the wires in so they wouldn't show. And it was a big project. Yes. Um, to set up your TV. And I was thinking, oh, what am I going to do now if I want a new TV? Best Buy's gone. Yes. <laughs> you set up the... They left you with the whole setup. And now what do I do? <laughs> Is there a Best Buy in Burlington? 
Um, I think there is actually, yeah. I wonder if that did come over here. Yes, but it's a whole production. Although, like you said, you know, back in the day, it was just as much of a thing to go to Montgomery Ward and bring home the big TV. So, yeah. again, the more things change. So, yes. No question. So that was, we'll hop on the time machine, come back to 2023. Yes, it's always fun to do that. Yes, and um, but yeah, every um, Tuesday um, on page um, A3, we have our look back. So um, Sometimes if you want to yes, follow along, um, you can um, get the updates from the past. So Absolutely. Well, very good. Well, um, otherwise, back here in the present, you can find us on uh, Apple Podcasts. You can find us at PressPublican.com. You can find us at SoundCloud. All the places where you get your um, modern podcasts. Wherever you may podcast. Yes. <laughs> Excellent. Well, thank you very much, Ben Rowe. As uh, always, it's certainly a pleasure. And we thank everybody for tuning in and listening to the Press Pass podcast, a product of the Press Republican newspaper here in Plattsburgh, New York, in Clinton County. Until next time, we wish everybody a little weak side help. Thank you.